The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involves varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. And officially welcome. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. we got a great hour planned for you. Stand by company owners, CFOs, HR professionals. The name of the game in your world is hiring and keeping good employees. Strong benefits plans can fail without proper service. We're going to talk about how Annex Wealth Management helps. Ask Annex is coming up. We're going to talk about the latest on the 4% rule. Let me introduce everybody. My name is Danny Clayton. Todd Voigt is Chief Investment Strategist. Welcome to the show. Thanks. And Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. Good to be here. So, Todd, I think for a while we've been sort of warning people that volatility, you know, is coming back to the markets after a relatively calm 2021. Certainly this past week exemplified that. We saw some really big intraday moves throughout the week. You know, I think we should start out just a few tidbits on what we think is driving some of this volatility, and then we'll kind of jump into some key earnings announcements we saw this past week as well. Right. So to that point, uh, the indices opened up the week and pretty much fell right from the open. Recovered in the last hour, Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday, kind of the same pattern, but it really fell off. Small caps fell about 3.5% in the last hour on Wednesday. And then it was all downhill Thursday, Friday. And by the way, would that be a little bit related to kind of a rotation from large growth, a little bit towards value that we've been seeing in the markets when you talk about the Dow maybe holding up a little better this past week? Right. That's the main reason the Dow's holding up. The other reason, though, to answer your question about the reasons for the whole thing, you got three major reasons. You got the Fed and the threat of rate hikes, inflation, and global political issues that are coming to the forefront Absolutely. Yeah. And those things are creating, you know, some anxiety and certainly a bit of a tug of war, right? So we talk about inflation, which is because of an overheating economy potentially, but will the Fed have to stomp on the brakes with potentially up to five rate hikes this year? Some people are predicting, you know, we maybe think it doesn't get to that point, but that's what markets are wrestling with creating again, this volatility. Exactly. So the the Fed potential for Fed rate hikes is just that, the potential. And I think there's a bit of jawboning going on there by the Fed. They're talking down inflation. They can only do it so much because the fundamentals will rule the day. But they're talking about three rate hikes. It's the other major brokerage firms are talking and analysts are talking about four or five. My opinion is that it's going to be 25 basis points March, 25 in June. Wait and see. Got September and December, and maybe there is two more, but a lot can happen between now and the end of the year, especially with midterms out there. You bet. So certainly monetary policy is something that we watch. Underlying fundamentals, that's company earnings. That's where we are right now, smack in the middle of earnings season. A few of those pretty dramatic ones this past week. Let's start out with Apple and Microsoft. Yeah, two good ones. Uh, Apple transitioning from high growth, COVID-related PC, you know, stay at home, uh, iPads, teachers, students, uh, all that to a more normalized lower growth. But they put up some good numbers. They're managing supply chains relatively well, a lot better than Tesla. While they are aiming to increase delivery, Tesla's gotten beaten up, probably down about 24%. 
Microsoft, immediately following their earnings announcement, they're up 4.95%. And that topped analyst estimates. Their cloud revenue growth is up 46%. That's about a third of their revenue. And they have multiple growth drivers that's allowing Microsoft to maintain this leadership position, including the productivity on the business side and the cloud computing. So some key companies, you know, strong performance, certainly consistent with what we had been expecting to see in terms of earnings growth. What do they offer in terms of guidance? That's pretty diverse. So back up a little bit. They weren't offering too much in the way of guidance because they didn't know what later part of 22 and 23 looked like. Analysts, therefore, couldn't really put together their own visibility in the 22, 23. And that's why you have such a wide, sort of a record, wide dispersion in analyst estimates. It's starting to clear up, at least for the later part of 22, uh, still a lot of uncertainty for the companies, but you're starting to see the ones that are beginning to shine. Tesla, for example, is one of those that's really cutting back on production and dropped the shares 24%, like I said. So other ones, companies like Kimberly Clark, Walmart for retail, FedEx for shipping, Freeport MacMoran in the metals and mining, Union Pacific, and applied materials and semiconductors, very good earnings calls. Todd Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist at Annex Wealth Management, along with Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. If you'd like this update via Axiom, our weekly newsletter, you can sign up for that on our website. There's a whole lot more to come. Hope you can stick around. This is Money Talk. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back at 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. We're back. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Sign up for the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter. Another plug for the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, which is 1,300 videos strong. So just about everything that you're looking for, we've got on our Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. I'm Danny Clayton, Todd Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist at Annex Wealth Management Studio. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. You know, Todd, we talked about monetary policy, and of course, that's very important in terms of shaping investment strategy. And the Fed has certainly talked about how they're data dependent. And so that's one of the reasons that that we watch the data also. And so you kind of use some of these key points to get a sense of, you know, is the economy strong and growing? Is it slowing down? Where are we headed? And so we get to kind of look back at some of the key economic data points that we saw this past week. One that we key in on, a lot of folks pay attention to, consumer confidence. Got a reading last week. What's going on in that area? Well, it perked up actually a little bit. And University of Michigan's consumer sentiment in line, those are important because it's the demand side of things. They're already relatively low compared to what they've been in the past. The employment cost index came out Friday up 1%, compensation up 4 wages, salaries up 45 new home sales, building permits, both surprised to the upside for January. So all that's good. The inflation gauges... Still running high, but we expect it for January, February. And then we got jobless claims were a bit higher, initial claims in line. And then the big meeting last week was the Federal Open Market Committee, where Powell indicated the possibility of rate hike at every meeting. They still are tapering. They got to 
come to an end with that. Then I got to reduce the balance sheet, and they're talking about raising rates. All that is still in play. It's actually not happened, except they're still continuing to buy bonds. The key about that is you can take advantage of it in this period. I don't foresee a, a change in direction of the economy as a result of bear market. Bear markets come from an expectation of recession. So I'd say take advantage of, of this. If I first saw it, I would certainly be moving more toward cash. But I'm looking more toward bringing bonds in to stocks and rebalancing. Anybody that's got an advisor or they do it themselves or seasoned investors will look at this and say, this is nothing new. This was relatively expected. It's not the corrections you got to worry about. It's the bear markets. Don't really foresee a bear market. So sometimes you get the question, boy, if you feel like the correction was foreseen, why not do something in advance of that? So, you know, talk about the difficulty around that mindset. You know, the timing is always an issue. So assume you can't find the bottom or the top, but you can approximate it. So you make your adjustments as you roll through around the top or you roll around the bottom. You rebalance in the case of a diversified portfolio or you're adding to positions as the market's falling and around the trough. So you can't pinpoint the bottom, but you can approximate the bottom. It's those little things that's part of a process that you do every day that makes a difference. Now, the people that might be freaking out are the ones that are traders. They may be young investors watching the news and the news will really be dramatic about the, what's going on in the markets. So if you find yourself in that situation, you know, what sort of guidance would you give to somebody whose anxiety level is spiking as it relates to the markets right now? I'd say the ones that make a difference are the ones that have a strategy. The people that have a strategy, they're more calm about the situation. So get a strategy and start working around troughs and you know, determine your long-term investor so you'll adjust the current market environment. And that's where we talk about connecting your investment strategy back to your financial plan. So thinking about it in terms of what's my short-term money and how is that safe and protected? Right. That's where my spending needs come from. I've got income-producing assets. Then I can focus on the long-term and make those good rebalancing opportunities sort of throughout a market and cycle like this and not let it really spike your anxiety. Don Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mark Beck, you got to stick around. Mark Beck is Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. Got a whole lot more to come, so stick around. If we can help with investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we build a complete plan that is unlike anybody else's because it's unique to you. Most important part, we're a fee-only fiduciary talking about complete fee transparency. That's how we do it. And it all starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Money Talk. Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, January 30th. Quick break. We're going to be back on 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. We're back. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. If you just joined us, this show will be on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel this afternoon starting at 1 o'clock. Still to come, strong benefits, 
Well, if you want to hang on to employees, you want to bring in employees, you need them. Annex Wealth Management helps with that. Also going to talk about steps to selling a business, the latest on the 4% rule, bunch of stuff. I'm Danny Clayton in the studio with Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services at Annex Wealth Management. Mark, this is, um, let's see, our third show in this new time slot. It's show number 114 for Annex Wealth Management on 92.5 Fox News. But we're pretty new to a lot of people that might not have heard us when we were on earlier on Saturday. So our elevator speech, I guess that's what we're doing for an hour at least. It's a long elevator. Yeah, yeah you bet. I can't believe we've done 114 of these already. That's yeah. amazing. Time really flies, you know. But elevator speech, the way I think about it, you know, you're ready for someone to help with the responsibility of managing your investment portfolio. That's something you don't want the responsibility of anymore. You want to connect that together with somebody that you know is looking out for you not selling you financial product. And third, you recognize the value of other planning, financial planning, tax planning, estate planning. You know you need help in these areas. They're complex. They're things you want somebody really there to help coordinate and to help really keep them moving forward on your behalf so that, you know, it's not stagnant when you're not paying attention to it. Because, you know, you've got a lot of things you want to do that are sure. fun and maybe sitting around doing your own tax planning review is not what you think of as fun. Yeah. And if you're retired already, uh, you do. You want most of your time to be spent doing that. Folks that are already retired, they might be working with somebody already. We urge people to have a second look at at least a second set of eyes. Yeah, more often than not, what we see is a lot of the deep planning opportunities that exist haven't been addressed. It's a lot of mindset out there of I built a little portfolio, it fits your risk tolerance, we're going to just kind of leave it alone. I maybe even did some basic cash flow model, but there's you know really no in-depth planning. We go layers and layers and layers deeper than that, looking for opportunities to add value. We definitely look for the nuances, too. Mark Beck is on the rest of the show. Stick around for that. Hey, if you've uh, hatched and grown and nurtured a business, but you're thinking about selling it, maybe it's the time. Maybe this is the year. Up next, steps to selling a business. We're going to do that on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Week in Review, Know the Difference Minutes, team segments, planning topics, including investments, retirement, tax, and estate. It's all on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Head to YouTube and search Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, where we provide comprehensive investment and retirement planning tailored to our clients' needs. That ranges from starting people out on simple paths all the way to services designed for business executives and owners. With business owners, there comes a point when maybe it's time to put a plan into place to explore a sale, and that's what we're going to talk about here. Do that. Keith Butler joins me. He's a wealth manager and an attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Great to be here, Danny. Selling a business is something that's a process, and certain steps need to be taken to maximize the opportunity for the owner. And it's not an overnight process. But how far in advance should planning begin in order to sell a business? Well, I think it's something that should be thought about all the way through the lifetime of the business, but I would say at least five years because that gives you time to get things cleaned up, if you will, to put a, a, a plan together. And right now, you know, today we're, we're not talking about a business succession plan to family members. We're talking about where you're trying to put it on the market for sale to the general public or to somebody in the industry perhaps. But you want to plan in advance and get a team together. You've dealt with a lot of business owners over the years. The businesses, they're kind of like children to them, right? Very much so. And one thing that surprised me in a, in a very good way, I think, over the years is how deeply they care about it and the people that work for them in general. 
I saw many times in transactions where I represented both buyers and sellers, and you could tell that they really wanted to bend over backwards to make sure their people were protected. What kind of team should a business owner assemble on the way to a sale? Well, first of all, you, you need to have your attorney. And there might be a couple of attorneys to engage. The first would be a transactional attorney, you know, the person who can execute the transaction itself, negotiate the buy-sell agreement and so on, and also an estate planner because your assets will be transitioning from a business, which typically is the largest asset an individual has that dominates their balance sheet, into probably cash. So now the, the makeup being different, that will affect your estate plan quite a bit. You'll, of course, want an accountant. Uh, You will want to have an appraiser, someone who can provide an objective value of your company because sometimes people, they they guess up too high or too low. It happens all the time. A business broker may be engaged, someone who can go out into the market and find the best potential buyers for you. And, of course, you want a financial advisor because, again, you're converting a big asset that's not liquid into uh, liquid assets. Numbers are critical. They, they've got to be right. And these are things that can't be in a shoebox. They can't be on the back of an envelope. And it's something that, again, planning in advance, when we talked about how, how far in advance, I think probably the paper is the biggest thing, meaning that getting a clean balance sheet, getting financial records that really look clean, that wouldn't have some sort of liabilities that would bog down a new owner. You'd want to have a good lease in place. You may own the building. You may not. But if you don't, then having a good long-term lease in place gives some security to the buyer. So you'll want to get those financial records cleaned up, and a good accountant can really provide a lot of value along the way in that regard. Is it jumping too far ahead for anybody to announce that the company is going to go up for sale? I mean, you need to have everything in order, right? I mean, there, there are probably people out there who say, listen, Jimmy, you ever want to sell this place, you let me know, right? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and uh, that's an interesting question, and it's really fact-dependent. You know, I talked to somebody very recently who was very concerned about announcing that because then all of a sudden, if your competitors know you're up for sale, they may see some some blood in the water. Uh-huh. But by the same token, getting the, the word out there may flush out some, some of the best potential buyers. Keith Butler is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management with significant experience in assisting business owners in the process of selling their business. We're going through a checklist of proper steps in preparing the business for sale, determining the proper value of the business. We talked a little bit about that. You suggested having the accountant and the appraiser. They're the team that helps there. Absolutely. And some of the things that they'll look at is obviously the financial and tax records. You know, that's really important for having several year track record of that. Uh, they'll look at the inventory, inventory levels. You'll look at a detailed information on customers because we all want big customers, right? But that provides risk. So they'll want to take a good look at the reliability of the customer base and the size. And if you have a whole bunch of reliable smaller customers, then you have a little less risk uh, losing a major contract. You'll also want to look at vendor contracts and leases. That's something that you want to make sure that there are things in place so that it's a favorable situation that a buyer is walking into. Licenses, liquor license if you're a, a um restaurant or something like that would be really important. An intellectual property, is it are there patents and trademarks that you have that those have values as well. At what point will potential buyers be able to see this information? Typically, once they express interest, there's a confidentiality agreement that is signed. Once that's signed and negotiated, then the uh, seller would have the confidence that you can provide 
some of this information. Would the broker help kind of narrow down that field so you just don't have a bunch sure. of tire kickers? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A good broker will know the industry. They'll know who the real players are. And that's part of the value that, that they bring, right? There you go, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, at Annex Wealth Management, financial planning and tax planning are incredibly important. And I would think anybody who has sold a business all of a sudden who might be looking at a very large sum of money mm-hmm. kind of needs to kind of walk through those steps. Absolutely. You know, a couple different ways of looking at it, because if you sell all at once, one closing, all the cash, then that can trigger a substantial capital gain bill, right? Or you could do an installment sale where you're paid over years and then that gain can be spread out. Now, obvious disadvantage to that is the possibility that uh, there's a default risk. Most people would want to get all their money in advance even despite that, but that is something you'd want to look at and your accountant can provide guidance with that. And then how about a financial planning angle? Oh, absolutely. Because at that point in time, you've converted, again, the, the dominant asset of your balance sheet, if you will, into cash, investable assets. So that is something where you need risk tolerance and analyzed uh, time frames, timelines, what kind of, uh, uh, do you want to do some gifting to kids? Do you want to set up accounts for others? There's a whole lot of different planning. And that's something we want to do in advance too, Danny, especially if there is a taxable estate tax situation where it looks like the estate tax limits may be going down. Right now it's over $11 million an individual. It may go down to something like five. And still, it doesn't cover most people. But some businesses will fall into that range. And that's some planning you may want to do in advance where you can transfer some of that interest in that business perhaps to another generation on favorable terms. Because think about the blood, sweat, and tears that were poured into these businesses. It's important to follow these steps. Absolutely. Keith Butler, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Oh, pleasure. Investment and retirement planning is personal. The Annex Wealth Management way is to meet you where you're at. That's the best place to start seasoned investor, careful saver, or do-it-yourselfer tidying up loose ends. If you're ready for comprehensive wealth management from the fee-only fiduciaries at Annex, we are ready for you. Maybe you're stuck and not sure what to do next. It's time for Wealth Metric with a deep dive on investment, retirement, and tax planning. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. One team, one plan, one fee. Start today at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management in a conversation about the 4% rule. Joining me to talk about it, Randy Winkler, a CFP and wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Randy. Thanks, Danny. Withdrawing money from the nest egg can be a complex financial exercise. There are unknowns, the length of retirement, how much you're going to spend, how much health care is going to cost, what your investment returns might be. That's just to name a few. Now, Randy, we've covered the 4% rule on this show, in fact, a number of times. Right off the top, though, let's cover what the 4% percent rule is in theory and how it gets at those questions. Okay. The 4% rule comes from a gentleman by the name of Bill Bengen. In 1994, he wanted to find out what a sustainable spending number was. So he looked at a 30-year retirement with a 60-40 portfolio. And then he looked back over 30-year rolling periods in the stock market to see how much you could take out and not run out of money. So he found that on average, you could take out 6.5%, but that means that half the time you've run out of money when you've successfully completed retirement. So he wanted to look at the worst period over all of those time periods he looked at, and he came at a number of 4.15%. He lowered it to 4.1, the industry lowered it to 4, and that's where the 4% rule. So literally, it's the there's never been a time period over 30 years with a 60-40 stock bond portfolio where you'd run out of money. Before we get too far, it's not officially a rule, though. We just call it that, right? Yeah, it's more of a guideline. It's a good rule of thumb to see, okay, where am I at? It's a withdrawal rule. It's not covering what you can actually spend in retirement because there's other things that factor in. 
when Randy and I were talking before we sat down, I asked him, what part does Social Security play? Is the 4% on top of whatever that monthly income is? Yeah, and I thought this was a really interesting question I had to think about. The 4% rule is how much you can withdraw, but that doesn't say how much you can spend. Okay. So let's say you have a million-dollar portfolio. You can safely take out $40,000 and spend that $40,000. Now, if you have 30000 of Social Security on top of that, you still can only withdraw safely that 40000 but now you can spend seventy. So it layers on top of that. If you have a pension, there's other things into it. So the withdrawal doesn't go up, but it could potentially go down. If you only need 50 and you're getting 30 from Social Security, well, then you only need to take 20 out and then you're at the 2% rule. And folks, <laughs> this is what the whole planning thing is all about. Is this based on like a 30-year retirement? Is, is that one of the assumptions? Yes. And that's actually one of the criticisms with it is it doesn't factor in other time frames. For example, if you have a shorter time frame, let's say you retire at 70 and you have a 20-year retirement, you can actually take out 5% safely. If you retired very early and had a 45-year horizon, it's down to 35 so it has to be adjusted based on the length of your retirement. Now, you mentioned a criticism. Are there any others? Yeah, there's a few. One of them is taxes. It doesn't factor into it. So again, in my example before, let's say you've got two people. One has a million-dollar IRA and one has a million-dollar joint account. Well, they both can withdraw 4%, but they're not going to have 4% to spend. Taking $40,000 out of a million-dollar IRA, once you take taxes off, there's going to be less money left over, where in the joint account, Based on your tax situation, you might be paying zero in capital gains, or it could be 15 or 20. So the spending rule is different than the withdrawal rule. The withdrawal is the same across the type of account, but what you have left over to live on could be very different. And this is why the plan needs to be in place, right? Yes. Right. So it's okay. a good place to take a look at, am I on track? But to take a look at, when do I touch this account? Do I take it from this one? Factoring in taxes. How's the portfolio made up? Changes in spending while you're in retirement. It's not level. All of those things factor in. Randy Winkler is the CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management talking about the 4% rule. All right. while back, I started seeing some headlines along the line of, quote, the 4% rule might no longer be valid. And a lot of that was inflation oriented. Basically, Basically, it wasn't the 4% rule anymore. Some were calling it the 3.3% rule. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, if you take a look at anything involving the market in the short term, you can make some mistakes. Uh, I once heard a great quote, don't make a, a long-term decision based on a short-term situation. So these rules, they're not changing based on the market's up or the market's down or even inflation. That's all factored in over all of those different time periods that were factored in. But again, it's just a place to start. It's a place to go to if you want to take a, hey, am I on track? Where am I at in my situation? From there, you have to do a deeper dive to see what works for your, your individual situation. You were talking about this being a withdrawal thing. And in your experience, is there such a thing as a typical withdrawal pattern? And I mean, somebody's freshly retired and they want to live it up a little bit. So maybe they'd spend a little bit more. Does it settle back down? Yes, there's something called the retirement smile. So um, when you first retire in the go-go years, you're spending the most you probably ever will. And then you get to the slow-go years and your spending goes down. And then it ramps up again when you get to the no-go years because of healthcare expenses. So it's not level. The 4% rule is assuming a 4% level withdrawal. But depending on your situation, you might be taking 5% out in the early years and then 3% in the, the middle years and then up to 5% again in the later years. And it's not something you do one time. It's something you take a look at on a yearly basis to make sure that it's still working. You wouldn't want to write a strategy that suddenly was not working into the ground. The 4% rule is a good rule of thumb. Yes. But 
our financial planning team goes to more detail, much more detail, because we have to take a look at how the accounts are made up, factoring in taxes. Eventually, Social Security is going to come in. Some of Social Security is going to be taxable. Do you have a pension? How much do you need? So it all gets factored in. It can be very complicated or very interesting, depending on your your, uh, situation. But we, we find that very enjoyable to dive into that for our clients. Yes, we do. And we can help for investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Randy Winkler, CFP and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Oh, my pleasure, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management show for Sunday, January 30th. Quick break, but we're going to be back. More to come, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Time for Ask Annex, and as always, you got a question for us, you head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. You look for the Ask button. Everybody gets an answer. Some folks say, yeah, don't put me on the radio. Others say, yeah, that's, that's just fine, and we love it because it's an open door at Annex Wealth, and you don't have to be a client to be on Ask Annex. So our first question is from James. If a recession is due and I retire into it, how do I deal with that? You know, this is a great question. This is really where financial planning and investment planning come together. And I say investment planning because that's different than investment management. So I'll explain. First, you've built your cash flow plan. You know that your retirement long-term looks successful. You know what your cash flow needs are. And you've brought that down to what are the spending needs out of the investment portfolio. Then what you've done is you've built what we call a liquidity plan. Liquidity plan is the next three years or so, of money you need out of the investment portfolio for spending purposes, you've identified it. It's very low volatility, very low risk, safe investments. Then you've built a component, which is pure income focus, right? So now you've got that blend in the middle. I call this insulation, constant income coming, the flow that comes with that. And then the other portion of your portfolio is long-term growth focused. So this is the investment planning aspect. Investment management then is different. You know, when do I rebalance? What am I buying and selling? Do I like, you know, mutual fund stocks, ETFs, all of those kinds of things. That's investment management. But retiring into the recession, you've done this planning and this homework ahead of time. Hopefully you didn't wait until the day of retirement to build your financial plan. You did that in advance and you know leading into it what that liquidity need really looks like and you've built out the investment plan to accomplish this. Therefore, retiring into the recession shouldn't really be affecting you or bothering you because really what you've already done at this point is you've built out the liquidity plan so you know that the money that you're spending is safe and protected and the money that's going through the market volatility experiencing this correction, you're not planning on spending that money for at least three years. And so if you sit back and you ask yourself, three years from now, do I think the market is likely to be higher than it is right now? Most people are going to say, well, yeah, we'll get through this cycle, we'll recover, we'll be ahead of where we are. And so therefore, the short-term corrections aren't going to impact your retirement decisions. You know, it might not be just a recession. It could be something else. In fact, when did COVID start? 2019, March of 2019. I remember hearing from one of our wealth managers, somebody retired right into that. 
and their plan still worked. Believe it or not, that was March of 2020. 2020. These years kind of mashed yeah. themselves together post-COVID, right? Yep. It's Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. Does my paid-for house count when it comes to my retirement assets? Well, see, that really depends. Um, some people will sock, and it's important to them to build up the equity of their house, sock a lot of cash into their house. Uh, and, you know, if they have, while they are in the midst of their career, quite a big house and they're considering downsizing later, they can utilize that equity potentially too. Usually while your house is a part of your net worth statement overall, it's not a part of your investable assets. And when we're running a financial plan, that's really what we're looking at. What are your stocks, your bonds, your investments? assets, your cash, things that are liquid without a major event like a sale of a business or a house. I 100% agree with you. Really, the characteristic that would allow you to count it would be you're purposefully planning to sell and downsize at some point. So now you're taking some value out of the house and sort of transitioning it into a financial asset that helps support retirement. But that's really the spot. It is. But remember, we always have to live somewhere. So unless that's your purpose, really, houses don't count on your spreadsheet. For, yeah, like uh, I said, downsize, that. not <laughs> right, you know, right. just run out of cash and run out of house. Sure. Nobody wants to be in that spot. That's right. Next up is from Dolores. None of the online retirement calculators I use agree on the age where I could retire. Why is that? (laughs) This is a really deep question to ask a wealth management firm that prides themselves in the quality of financial planning. And some of those, I think, are other firms that just, they want to then start sending you information, right? Oh, sure. Like the online calculator, build your own financial plan. One size fits all, right? That's, yeah. Some of them are really good sort of thumbnail, line it up and see if I'm headed Mm -hmm. the right direction type of thing. The difference is where that all comes from uh, is many, many layers. And it has to do with assumptions that you often can't really see with the calculator. So what do they build below the surface for things like inflation assumption around your spending need? What do they build for tax realization model? Because taxes are really important in retirement. You know, we have a lot of our money typically in IRA and 401k type of assets waiting to be taxed. And so how much we're going to spend really is dramatically impacted by where we're going to source that money. So that can be a big part of it, certainly. And a lot of times when we sit down for the first time and talk with somebody in person, it sure helps because we know the questions beyond what the online calculator would do, right? And sometimes people actually bring those in and they hear this is the plan that I did. Yeah. The fun part about that is some of the data that's been the input is a really good starting point for us. Then we can work on it and say, okay, well, let's get really serious about the tax planning side of this and see how it's going to affect you and model out the cash flow and so forth. That's Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Head to the website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. If we can help, and I know we can, for investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. You can do that as well. Click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Back in a bit on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, joined by Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome. Danny, good to see you. Hey, have you heard this one? Everyone is short-staffed. Recruiting, retaining great employees a priority. And I hear this all the time. Yeah, I, I don't want to touch a sore spot there, but it is a battle for good employees. 
and a strong benefits package can help a company get a leg up when it comes to competing offers. Now, decent salary, that's important, but a solid benefits package might tip the balance, especially if some of these younger employees are running it by their parents, and you know all the dads are like, yes, that's a good benefits package. Yeah, well, and they're Googling it, too. When you think of that, you think the health benefits, the HSAs, supplemental life, disability, even flex time. Those are all things that people look at. Obviously, I'm a 401k guy. So when we look at 401k, the one thing that kind of distinguishes 401k retirement plans from the others is if there's a match or there is a company contribution, there's going to be an account with money in it that people can see. So it is a little bit different, but all those things for sure come together to make a, a better offer. Here's one of the issues. What happens when the retirement benefit plan looks good on the surface and then it suffers because of poor execution? You got frustrated employees, that erodes morale, loyalty suffers, and guess what? You're back at square one with a help wanted sign. This is frequently how we end up coming into a relationship. The structure is all there, the infrastructure, if you want to call it for a retirement plan, but it just is being poorly executed. And some of that is, you know, maybe the advisor isn't great or the client is just overwhelmed. They're they're yeah. short-staffed already, so now they got to put this on top of it. So a big part of what we do when we walk into a relationship, our first thing is to say, hey, let us take a look at what you've got. How can we enhance this thing before we go about making any changes to it? Yeah, what's what's right? What's, what's going right? Let's start with the actual enrollment process for new employees. There's the traditional, and then there's a quick enrollment experience. What is the best method for onboarding somebody into enrollment? Yeah, it sort of depends. I think there's a greater trend toward automatic enrollment, which means once you're eligible, you're in unless you choose to do something different. That is technically, to answer your question, that is probably the most effective because it just makes it happen. But when you look at trying to be a little bit more proactive, this again, this is a role that we play with our clients. We say, give us the name and phone number of the person. We'll reach out or set up a time to come out to your facility if you have seven or eight people who are eligible at one time. We will sit down with them and enroll them in the plan. There are some quick enrollment guides. There's some that are more in-depth way of doing it. it. I guess it depends on the person. You probably saw this. A research firm studied enrollment and found a, quote, downturn and occasional stagnation in the already underwhelming guidance offerings found during online enrollment. Ouch. Well, I think there is an element of the, the companies, the record keepers, have gotten to a point of trying to make it so simple that they have oversimplified it. And it's a one, two, three step process. This happened with my wife in the place she was working at. I helped her enroll, obviously, because of what I do. I wanted to do more things and it was just bing, 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 and she was done. So it's a difficult balance. It really is. I'd be frustrated if I was a new employee. A decline in enrollment instructions, not enough answers to frequently asked questions, a lack of relevant support for various enrollment tasks. That, that would get at me. Well, I think part of this comes back to there has been such a stress in our industry on you've got to keep your fees low, you know, fiduciary fees and all this stuff to the point where a lot of employers have stripped out the assistance that people need because, you know, they don't want to be seen as having too high a cost associated with their plan. So again, there there is a balance. If someone is not participating in the plan because it was too frustrating for them to get in, what difference does it make if yeah. you have great funds or a great plan or any of that? The people aren't benefiting from it. So this, again, it's always, this is what we, we battle with on a daily basis trying to help people uh, navigate. Only 30% of online platform displayed contact information without having to go to a separate page. 
what works is when there is guidance through every step of the process with a contact menu, multiple options for assistance, you must see companies that do it well do it that way. Yeah, and this goes back to what are you looking for help with? We are very, as you know, proactive in reaching out. We have lunchroom posters. We have a dedicated participant website that helps people. People can text us, our clients, uh, their employees can send us a text to, to communicate with us. So we try so hard to be there and make people know that we're there and easy to get a hold of. It varies from one when you're looking at record keeping providers. I think that's where a lot of people think of, you know, who has my money? How can I get a hold of them? We try to step in between those and try to help people navigate that stuff because we always know how to get a hold of everyone. Important stuff in the enrollment process, and it needs to do its job this way, the contribution selection, the investment choices, designating a beneficiary. That's the most important stuff, isn't it? It is, absolutely. The the number one most important thing, all the research says, how much are you going to contribute, right? Because if you're not contributing again. But then diversification is really important. The beneficiary thing, I'm glad you touched on that. Very, very important. And we do all those things, generally speaking, in the setup process because then people are off to a good start. So a company needs some help doing this. How do we work with them? We work as advisors. We come in and whether it's a professional firm, manufacturing, retail, all that, we aim to to meet people where they are. So take advantage of your advisor is the, the recommendation I have for these people. They're there for a reason. You're paying them for a reason. Make sure that they're making the most of this benefit for your team. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. As always, thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, January 30th. Quick break, but we're going to be back. More to come on 92.5 Fox News. Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We're back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. We sure appreciate you spending as much time as possible with us on a Sunday afternoon here in Southwest Florida. Let me just review the show so far, and I'm doing this because this is our 114th show on 92.5 Fox News, but it's only our third in this time slot. So we're really making the case about Annex Wealth Management. So far on the show, some in-depth stuff with our chief investment strategist and then along with Mark Beck talking about what's been going on in the market. And that's important because we have people that are watching those things all the time. Steps to selling a business. That's one of the things that Annex Wealth Management can help you do. And then we get into planning topics like the latest on the 4% rule. Had a bunch of questions during Ask Annex. We take care of companies and their employees with benefits. We just talked about that. And coming up next, fortune hunters and gold diggers. I know that's that's something you want to protect against. So that's a pretty good microcosm of what we do, Mark Beck, right? Yeah, it's really a, kind of an array of different areas, you know, but what that highlights for us, the depth of the team that we bring to the table, we talk about comprehensive wealth management. And what that means is to have those folks who are experts in their space in all those different disciplines of wealth management. What is that? You know, financial planning, for example. So financial planning is things like distribution planning and effective and efficient use of our resources. And it ties directly into tax planning. And tax planning, of course, is how do I access or use my resources and do that as efficiently as possible and navigate things like long-term capital gains. Also, things like Medicare thresholds, for example, where the Medicare premiums start to move up if we 
you know, implement a Roth conversion strategy, accidentally trip over an increased Medicare premium, you know, unexpected consequences, that sort of thing, right? I like the way you put that. I tend to think of Annex Wealth Management, I mean, think of an F1 race, right? The car comes into the pit and we are leaping over that wall. Each person has a specific responsibility and really kind of an expertise that they work on. You know, somebody's got the gas, somebody's got the tires, somebody's got the engine, you know, somebody's like that. We've really got people in each spot that help our clients. Yeah, what a great visual. I really right? like that. The only thing of course, would, Daytona's coming up sooner, but yeah. The, the only thing yeah. I would take out of that is is that sort of sense of urgency and anxiety, right? So I just don't want people, the clients to be like, oh my gosh, all this is going to happen at once because, right. you know, we'll take our time. We really have this belief in what we call show me, don't tell me. So if I'm going to talk to you about a change in tax strategy, for example, we're going to show you the homework we did and what the results look like and why we think it's a great decision. So we'll take our time and make sure that you really feel like you're confident and you're well-informed. Right. Let's talk just about the way that the team is constructed. When you hit that Get Started button at Annex Wealth Management, really that's an exchange of information, and it goes to our financial planning team. It then interfaces with wealth managers, but we've got tax people. We've got estate planning people. It all comes together. And don't forget about the investment side. You know, we have so much more to offer in terms of the comprehensive planning that we do that we sometimes forget to highlight great investment management as well. That's right. Mark Beck is Managing Director of Wealth Management Services at Annex Wealth Management, still here for the rest of the show. Up next, fortune hunters and gold diggers. How do you protect someone you love? That is coming up next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. This is probably a first for us. We're going to talk fortune hunters and gold diggers. And no, it's not a show on the History Channel. Deanne Phillips is here. Hey, Deanne. <laughs> hey, Danny. How are you? Good. Director of Client Learning and Development. Fortune hunters, those are the people that all of a sudden show up. Gold diggers kind of prey on lonely and heartbroken. Do I have the phrasing yeah, right? Yeah, no, I yeah, think that's yeah. accurate. So the, the two we're, uh, categories and men or women that we're talking about right yep. here are people going through a transition. And sometimes it can be what is deemed a happy transition, for example, winning the lottery. That's why so many people wait to come forward. They want to be sure they have their advisors in a row. Once your name's out there, every person's going to want to advise you and have a hot tip somewhere. Have you run across this? Yes, we have. Quite frankly, in all sorts of circumstances. Transitions are tough. And again, whether they can be happy or sad. So it yes, it could be a death where, you know, there actually are people that stock the obituaries to lay claim on, you know, or, or you have have somebody sure. as prey while their emotions are kind of on toward tilt. So there are some things they definitely want to think about when you go through a transition in order to protect yourself and not be a victim. There's a phrase, con men don't look like con men. What, what do we learn from that? First off, you know, when you're going through heartbreak, uh, you want empathy. And so there are people out there that are just more than willing to play right into that. And whether it's the lonely person, the lonely senior, we see this a lot also, unfortunately, too, where someone will swoop in, they find out that that distant relative has a little bit of money and, oh, dear auntie, they become their best friend, right? When someone passes, though, we've also seen somebody come romantically swoop in. Here's the deal, Danny. If your spidey sense goes up on something, trust it. Mm -hmm. Usually you're right. 
Go with your gut. Talk about your suspicions with someone who's close to you. How would somebody know? Somebody's mom, widowed, right, and either a fortune hunter or a gold digger comes in, and maybe they live a state away. Maybe even mom is all of a sudden happy. So you really wouldn't know that something is going on unless you had access to their finance or at least how they're working, their spending, their investing, things like that. That's exactly right. So as uh, at Annex, you know, as holistic wealth advisors, we understand the process of grief. So whether it's death, divorce, disability, there's a grieving process and you never want to hurry someone through that process. You just can't because, you know, we've seen, unfortunately, for example, widows get life insurance proceeds in the mail by checkbook, right? Mm-hmm. And fast forward six months later, they, the money's gone and they have no idea where it was spent because they're emotional spending. That's where a trusted advisor can help someone through a transition by protecting them also from themselves, not just from other people. When someone comes out of the blue, you have to watch, are they after that person because they are in an emergency money situation and they see a quick solution? That could be super awkward, though. I mean, what are you supposed to do, hire a private detective? We've actually known people that actually have. But the thing is, again, it's about rushing through things, right? When someone comes into a little bit of money, I mean, think about it. All of a sudden, they've got all these people who are their best friend. And the kind-hearted and generous person would want to give the benefit of the doubt to someone that they love air quotes Mm -hmm. here, right? You know, you mentioned, uh, should someone, you know, hire somebody to check them out? Well, no, but you know, with social media and everything now, there is a way to find out about people. I mean, chances are, if that person's on Facebook, you may have a mutual acquaintance in mind. Here's the story I heard. Somebody's mom in Phoenix all of a sudden takes up with a new guy. She's happy. The kids are a little suspicious and they do what you just suggested, which is look on Facebook. And then they looked him up a little bit deeper because, you know, you can you can look up stuff like that. This guy had failed businesses, probably one or two. Mm -hmm. It sounds like he was estranged with his family. So what would you suggest in a case like that? It's a situation where if you're close to a loved one, keep tabs on them when they're alone. You know, get to know the people in their life. You know, make sure because elderly people on their own, just without a romantic interest, you know, they are often victims of fraud and just attempts at fraud. So it's a good thing to have open family discussions. You should have a discussion about, hey, you know, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, are your affairs in order? Is there anything I can help you to do? Can I hook you up with an attorney? Are you are you set? Do you feel comfortable if it comes a point where you can't make your financial decisions anymore in the future that you have someone you trust who can sweep in and do this for you? You just don't want it to be the brand new boyfriend who well, swept in out of town. Y- and that's the danger. Deanne Phillips, our director of client learning and development. Thank you for jumping on. Hey, thanks for having me. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. For Sunday the 30th, we are going to be right back. Stick around. 92.5 Fox News. Investment and retirement planning is personal. The Annex Wealth Management way is to meet you where you're at. That's the best place to start. Seasoned investor, careful saver, or do-it-yourselfer tidying up loose ends. If you're ready for comprehensive wealth management from the fee-only fiduciaries at Annex, we are ready for you. Maybe you're stuck and not sure what to do next. It's time for Wealth Metric with a deep dive on investment, retirement, and tax planning. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. One team, one plan, one fee. Start today at Annex Wealth. 
Bank.com. We're back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. I'm Danny Clayton in the studio. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA, along with a wealth manager. I'm sorry I didn't introduce you earlier on Ask Annex. We just grabbed you and brought you in. That's so, okay. Yeah, thank you. And then Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. I got to ask both you guys. So, not even a week ago on, on Monday, it looked like a scary day. If, if you were an average person, not somebody in the biz like you guys are, but if you were an average person watching that or even watching the evening news after the market was down a thousand points and then actually recovered, right? How freaked are people? I mean, do we get calls on that? I mean, I know we've done a really good job about trying to educate people that, listen, these things happen. These corrections happen. So it's very real. And, you know, we tend to say if you don't like where the market is now, wait 15 minutes, right, in this environment and it's likely to change. The thing to remember is behind the scenes that we don't see in the investments are all of these professionals that are watching your money. And Annex is the kind of the custodian of all those funds and professionals, too, getting our arms around your plan, your financial plan and your asset allocation. But you're right, Danny, this is a tough environment if you're trading. If you're investing and you've done a plan then it's time to sometimes turn off the TV, maybe take a break. If it is making you too nervous, reach out to your wealth manager again. Take a look at and review your plan, because if you've got a plan in place, you should be solid to deal with the volatility. You know, and the key to that is you've got a plan in place, but you did that plan prior to this. So the homework to prepare for a market correction environment has already been done. What is that homework? It starts with understanding your financial plan and then your liquidity plan. Then it goes to your personal risk tolerance. How much risk are you willing to accept? You're in that moment right now of needing to accept the risk. So you did that risk tolerance work ahead of time. That led you to an asset allocation. This is the purpose for asset allocation. The fixed income side of the portfolio is doing its job right now. Do we tend to underestimate our risk tolerance? As humans, probably. We tend to migrate it inversely perceptive to the amount of risk in the market. Now in English. So when the market's going down, we think we're more conservative. When the market's going up, we think we're more aggressive. Those work counterintuitive to one another. Well, that said. makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, though. It's all behavioral, right? I mean, we'll take the upside all day long and do the happy dance. But when the volatility hits and we realize that downside, actually, we're not really realizing it. We're seeing the fluctuation. It can be very unsettling. So to that point, the emotions are very real, which is why touch points are a good thing. This is why we're reaching out and engaging with our clients on an ongoing basis. And it's why we did the planning. It's why we right. do the homework, right? And, you know, I you can't lose the importance of asset allocation and the fact that you built your asset allocation specific to your risk, risk tolerance well in advance. And so then people think, well, we should have been able to time the market high and find the market low and those kinds of things. And, and that's not really the way that that works. What we're going to look at long term On the other side of this correction, is there going to be a shift in leadership, meaning will different sectors for the next couple of years lead the markets or grow a little bit more than the market as a whole? And therefore, should we steer the portfolio to emphasize those areas? You might not do any of that right smack in the middle of the correction environment because, you know, those forces that are going to shape where we're headed aren't going to be necessarily evident right smack in the couple of weeks of max market volatility, but they're going to play themselves out as the economic forces shift. What might drive that? You know, things like monetary policy, for example. You know, you may see one of the areas we talk a lot about financials. 
On the other side of this, if we see a rising interest rate environment that's somewhat sustained, does that flow directly to the profitability of financial companies? And therefore, would that be a sector we might want to consider overweighting? But does that mean you're reacting to the market volatility, the highs and lows? Not necessarily. No, but if you do want to react, I would suggest you look for the opportunities that volatility brings, which it really can. For example, with Roth contributions, putting money to work when the markets had a bit of a correction and watching that Roth money raise completely tax-free. So there's some positives, too, that can be taken advantage of. You know, contrarian mindset is so powerful in this environment. And mm-hmm. I talked about the perception of risk, right? Mm-hmm. If you can program yourself to think as a contrarian as it relates to risk. When the market is down, I should feel like I can be more aggressive. When the market is up, I should start to feel like I want to be more conservative. And so get yourself moving in that direction first and foremost. And then you're right, look for those little action items that you might want to be able to take advantage of to leverage up. But you can only do that if you come from a period of calm so that you're making good investment decisions, good financial planning decisions, good strategy decisions, and you're prepared to implement those you know, where you're doing that, like I said, from a spot of confidence in the investment decision-making. Good stuff, Dean Phillips. Thanks for jumping on. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. Mark Beck, thank you. You bet. Folks, we can help. I know it. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary. The website, AnnexWealth.com. See you in a week on Money Talk. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.